And while in Guilds of Albrea, every individual character's plotline is building towards the larger narrative. There is one end goal that the readers don't know yet because I haven't told them because I'm an author and I don't have to do that yet. Welcome to A Book in a Dream with Megan O'Russell, an author's adventure in writing, reading, and being an epic fangirl. Hello, my name is Megan O'Russell, and welcome to episode 72 of A Book and a Dream. So I've kind of been off social media for a while because I've been so deep down in the pit of editing, I forgot anything but coffee and my cats existed. Really, I've been living solely on on coffee for like a few weeks now, but I'm like starting to see the other end of, you know, where humanity exists. So that's great. And why? Why was I so deep in this chasm of editing that I think I might have lived off of chips for a while? Why, you might ask? Well, because of Myth and Storm, book two in the Guilds of Ilbrea series. You see, sometimes ambition bites you in the butt. See, with a book like Heart of Smoke, for example, that series, it's a first-person story, all first-person, the whole way through, which is kind of limiting sometimes because we only ever see anything, well, you know what I mean. There's some cheating. But really, for the most part, we're going to go with for the most part, you only ever see everything from Lonnie's point of view. So as we're doing our real-time action, we are driving straight forward. That's it, which means that We can't go see what's in a room that she's not in. We don't have access to that knowledge. So sometimes you have to be super inventive about how people are gaining information in order to move the plot ahead. But it's kind of really easy to write because you're just like, well, you and me, friend, let's hit the road and write a book. Then you have series like The Tethering, where it is a third person point of view, but I only have two points of view there. So I have Jacob. And I have Amelia, and I can only work with the rooms that they are in. And because they're always going towards the same goal, they are on the same trajectory, if you will. They are two wheels of the same car. So they are traveling in time with each other, and I don't really have to worry about what's happening when. It's just like, whose room is more interesting right now? Whose emotional depth is going to resonate more with the reader? Great you get a chapter. Or, you know what? You're not going to be able to be here because you've been kidnapped. Okay, you get a chapter. You just switch back and forth depending on what you need. You have the advantage of being able to be in more than one place, but it's still just a nice straight line. Just just keep going. Just keep going. And then you have Guilds of Ilbrea. my life. What did I do to myself? At this point in the series... With Miss and Storm, we are up to seven points of view happening in five different locations. All of them are necessary. All of them are important to readers. They all have to be there. Why did I do this to myself? Why? So in book one of the Guilds of Ilbrea series, Inker and Crown, everyone starts in the same place on the same day. They are all in Elbrea. Everybody is starting together. We all begin the journey. 
But by the end of book one, they're all in different places. Well, they're not all in different places, but you know what I mean. People have scattered in Obrea. They're not all in the same city anymore. And because they're not all in the same city, their storylines end on slightly different days. So one of the characters, his last scene actually happens nine days before the technical end of book one. So that means that day zero for book two, when we are starting our action, the first scene we see is actually very different for some people because that one character who was nine days before the end, by the time we get back to him, it's actually been 13 days as opposed to other people at day zero where it's like four. So we have to create that accurate time lapse depending on where the characters are, when they stopped their plot line in book one, and how soon we need to meet them again. And all of those timelines have to be created in such a way that we are keeping the reader flowing in the right direction. So some people don't care a lot about time, but travel time to me is super important. So that means if I need to get someone from point A to point B, I need to make sure that they could actually make that journey. So not only are they all ending on different days, which means they're starting at different points in their plot line, but I also need to take into account how long it's going to take them to get to the other part of the plot that I need them to get them to so that the reader can continue on with the larger narrative. Yeah. And because Guilds of Elbrea is such a large book, because we are dealing with seven different points of view in five different locations that all lead to the same larger narrative, I really don't have room for fluff. I can't have scenes that are just there because I like the setting, because it would add a coy little thing. I don't have any words to waste, which means that I need to pick exactly the moment that I need my readers to hop back in on that character's narrative. So for some people, I can wait a little bit longer. I don't need to show them being mad and storming around. I need to show the moment where the bucket tips over the ledge. I need to show the moment where everything cascades down into the new plot line. So choosing exactly what moment is going to be most important and cutting out all the fluff in front of it while making sure that my reader knows where they are and why they're there if they didn't read book one. Well, they had to have read book one, but if they haven't read it for like a year, since that's the period between release times, that is super complicated. So then we get to add that layer on top of timelines and travel times and all those other wonderful things. And while in Guilds of Obrea, every individual character's plotline is building towards the larger narrative. There is one end goal that the readers don't know yet because I haven't told them because I'm an author and I don't have to do that yet. There is one larger goal that they are all moving towards throughout their individual plotline. There is an end game that everyone is doing their part to create. But while they're doing that, I don't want them to just be a cog in a wheel. Each of them is a very important character to me. They each have their own personalities, their own wants, their own goals, their own dreams, their own loves. And I want to make sure that their character arc can stand alone, that it has enough continuity to make sense if it was just by itself, that it has enough character strength to stand alone if it's just by itself. And so I decided to do something. Yep. What I did for Myth and Storm was I basically wrote each character's plotline as its own standalone novella. So I took into account what that moment was where the bucket tips over that I really need the audience to come in on. 
I took into account what their travel times needed to be, and most importantly, where I needed them to end up at the end of book two so that they are prepped to run into the larger narrative with their next arc. So I wrote them each a novella, and I wrote what day each scene happened on, and then it came time to put them all together into one massive novel. So that process basically consisted of me sitting there biting my nails as my husband, who is lovely and amazing and the most supportive person, helped me to clip all of them together. So all of the pieces coming into one beautiful whole. And you know what? It actually worked. There were a couple things where I had to zhuzh a day or two just to make sure that it flowed for the reader. So we don't want to have the entire section, center section of the book be just one plot line without anybody coming in. So we want to make sure that not that we're hopping from place to place with every chapter because that gets a little meh, but just that we are flowing from one storyline into the other in ways that make sense because this theme is leading into the other, this remembrance is leading to this character, so that there is a continuity. So it's not just like, oh, we're doing this chapter in this other part of the country. Why are we here? So that it all makes sense. And honestly, it worked. Writing them as individual novellas with very specific timelines and very specific plot arcs that lead to the larger narrative worked. But you know what? It'll screw with your mind, man. It really will. So, would I recommend the process of writing in smaller narratives to create a larger whole while keeping the documents completely separate so that you're sure that each could stand alone as its own novella? Sure. Yes but there's some buts. The method did work really well for this book. I, I'm i very proud of it. I think my readers are going to love it. Of course, we'll have to wait till it's released this summer to see if I'm right. But yeah, I think it really worked. And I think it helped to make sure that each character maintains a very strong arc without detracting from other people. So that was great. However, I would not recommend this to a newer author. I would not recommend this to someone who's not super familiar with their characters. I also wouldn't recommend this to someone who doesn't feel really confident in what moments their reader needs to see. Because when creating a story like this, you you really want to have like the epically romantic, we're just strolling so that we can fall in love more scene. That's great. And you can stroll and fall in love more, but what plot points do you need to drop for other characters? Because Elbrea is all one big world. So you have to have the brutal spirit to understand that while, yes, you may want to have a scene where your loving couple is wandering through the forest, falling in love, you may not have the page space for it. Or if you want to have that scene, how can you use that scene to help your other characters who are not even in that plot line? For example, you could use that scene to develop some information that another character is going to need far in the future. Let's say 50 pages out in a different city, in a different character arc. But by giving that information to your reader in that loving moment, just subtly slipping it in the conversation, it keeps you from having to give your other character 50 pages away a massive info dump by just being like, bleh, now this is what I need to get through this scene. You have to know how to weave information in. And honestly, that is a very difficult thing. It's a hard thing to learn and it can be rough to tell your characters, no, no extraneous making out. 
We have to keep things moving. This book is long. I think the last thing that I would say for anyone who wants to try the mini novella merge together method is that you need to have enough confidence in yourself as a writer and in the world that you are building to continue forward without seeing the whole. In some ways, it made things a lot easier because I wasn't looking at writing 130,000 words in one chunk. I was looking at writing 20,000 words, 25,000 words, 50,000 words, and creating each of these story bits. But I did have to have a lot of faith that when I put them all together, it would be a real life book. And it is. And that's wonderful. But if you have not written a book before, if you've only ever written in the first person and you've never done sort of jumping around from character to character, I would say maybe don't try this until you're a little more used to third person multiple POV just because. It's a little terrifying if you don't know exactly what the full puzzle is going to look like until you merge it all together. But it it does work out, and I'm really excited about it, and hopefully my readers will love it. Now, Myth and Storm is coming out this summer, and uh, if you have not started on the Guilds of Ilbrea series, I think that now is a great time to pick up Anchor and Crown, or if you're completely new to the Ilbrean world, you can always start with Ember and Stone, which is the first full book published in that series. Of course, you don't have to have read any of the Ember and Stone slash Anna Vilbrea series in order to go straight into Anchor and Crown, which is the first book in the Guilds of Ilbrea series. Now, this information is not going to age well, this bit right here, because it is only for the month of May 2021. So if you are watching this video or listening to this podcast after that time, sorry, this does not apply to you. For the month of June, or wait, May, we're in May. I don't even know what time it is anymore. Like I got so far down that editing hole. The fact that it was May was actually kind of shocking to me. Anyway, for May 2021, the book Girl of Glass will be free at all ebook retailers. It is only for this month. Girl of Glass is the first book in the Girl of Glass series. It is free across all ebook platforms. This is very limited time. As I said, only May. This is May 2021. So grab your copy now. And if you're listening to this slash watching this after May 2021, sorry. But definitely grab Girl of Glass, whether or not it's free, and don't forget to start on the Guilds of Ilbrea series with Inker and Crown. So for my authors out there, have you ever tried writing your narratives in separate files and then merging them together? Or for my readers, what kind of book do you prefer? Do you prefer having multiple action points in different places with different points of view? Or do you prefer the first person streamlined where you're just on that train track and there is no getting off? Let me know in the comments or shoot me a message on social media. Until next time, don't forget to like, subscribe, Join whatever it is on your preferred platforms that you don't miss the next episode of A Book in a Dream or my next video. See you next time. 